Hey Blue Jay fans, welcome to Section 138, episode 43 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Cauley, and as always, I'm joined by Bryson from Everything Blue Jays. How are you, Bryson? I am spectacular. (laughs) Well, it's been a while since we last recorded, and I do apologize to everyone listening. It's totally my fault, not Bryson's fault. Uh, We had conflicts and traveling last week because it was Easter Friday, Easter Sunday as well. But we're back this week, and of course, we have tons to talk about. Last episode, so two weeks ago, um, we talked about Guerrero and our predictions for when he would be up. Turns out, I was wrong. I think you said it may have been the Friday, which, uh, of course, then you would be right. But I said the Tuesday uh, against the San Francisco Giants. But he's up now. I'm super excited for that. So, obviously, we're going to talk about that this episode. But we're also going to talk about how the Blue Jays are playing overall because after today's game we're recording this on Sunday evening and today they just won 5-4 comeback victory in the 11th inning against the Oakland Athletics to sweep them and now they're at 500 they're actually doing well which is insane last time we recorded I think there were six games under 500 so totally different uh, landscape since we last recorded and then we'll also talk about Matt Shoemaker and I know that's uh, about a week ago from when we're recording but of course we haven't recorded for two weeks so it'll uh, uh, we got to get our opinions in on that but obviously right uh, Guerrero it's he's finally up which I think is everyone is so glad about it and if the interactions on our Instagram pages are worth anything people are very excited about it um, I was thrilled on Friday to see him come up, but I think a lot of people are kind of disappointed with what he's done on the field since then, because obviously there was huge expectations for him, and of course we'll get to this later about the media um, energy and attention around him, but you know, since then he has eight at-bats, he's got two hits, which is one double, um, or uh, these stats aren't including today, but today, again, he went one for four uh, with a, a single, I believe, and um, he has one double, two hits, uh, one walk, uh, two strikeouts, so, you know, it's kind of middle-of-the-road numbers. Are, are are you shocked that he's hitting this way, um, I guess? I wouldn't say I'm necessarily shocked, but um, on the other hand, I guess you can understand uh, the adjustment period that is needed for uh, Guerrero. Um, I know throughout the minor leagues, uh, he took, uh, you know, when he got promoted for the first time out of uh, single A, that was a pretty big jump for him. And he did well, especially another promotion to AAA. And once you uh, get promoted to the big leagues from AAA, you know, that's it's a bigger step than people think. And the thing with Guerrero is, you know, as good as he's supposed to be and as good as, uh, we're all thinking he's going to be and uh, how we project he's going to be. I think, you know, there's got to be a little bit of a time period, a short-term time period where you give him, you got to be patient with him and you got to give him time. And we have no, we saw that uh, this weekend in each of his three games. Like you said, he went one for four. And I think Saturday he went one for four with a walk. And um, he had a, f- there was a few strikeouts uh, he did throughout the weekend. One was today and then one was on the Saturday where, you know, it was a little foolish. It was like uh, he, the pitcher fooled him pretty good. And there was one where he completely swung in the dirt. And then uh, today on the Sunday, he kind of swung way outside. And, you know, you can figure that it's a mixture of emotion. It's, a you know, the being nervous and um, especially maybe him trying to do too much in his first weekend. And you can understand the expectations. He's also trying to live up to them. So, you know, there's a, we, we are putting a lot of pressure on this kid. But I think what we need to do, I think we need to give him time. And as much as I'm not surprised... I, I shouldn't say that because I guess we were all kind of, 
you know, hoping he'd go, you know, a home run in his first at bat. You know, we almost actually saw that on the Friday night, but uh, I think we just got to be patient with him. And the thing with Guerrero too is, um, I've actually noticed, and I'm pretty sure it's statistically proven, is pretty much majority of his at bats, he's actually been unlucky. There was a few at bats where, you know, a line out right to the second baseman, you know, over 100 miles off the miles prior off the bat. There's been a few unlucky. Um, at bats for him but you know the two hits or the three hits that he's had I should say the two out of the three that he's had have been solid uh, solid contact and we saw that leading the Jays to um, a win on the Friday night and then even the one today where he was eventually lifted as a pinch runner but you know I think we just got to give him time and I think it's a more of an adjustment period um, than we actually all expected and I guess it's something that we would never experience just because of Obviously, we're not professional baseball players, but I think fans need to take a break. It's only been three days, and you know maybe uh, Vlad going on the road for next week would help him a little bit. You know, getting away from kind of all of the media attention that we're going to talk about later. But I think um, you know in the three days, you know it's definitely cool to see him. You know, this is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been looking forward to watching him. This has been you know one of the main reasons of why you know the Jays wanted to you know fans wanted to watch their team this season and. You know, extra people packed the the dome on Friday night, which was cool. There was there was a different buzz, and even the players were kind of saying that to the media how they there was a different vibe in the building. And um, I believe it was Sanchez or Stroman that were you know kind of comparing it to their playoff the playoff runs, how the atmosphere they had, even though obviously it still wasn't even close to a sellout. But I just think fans need to you know take a break, and uh, I think they need to kind of you know relax with Guerrero. He's going to be just fine, and. Um, I saw a stat today, actually, that's kind of ironic, is um, his father, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., um, he also had a slow start when he was actually debuted in the big leagues. I think he was like one for nine or two for nine in his first three at-bats. So, and he turned out to be a Hall of Famer and quite a good baseball player. And, you know, uh, Guerrero Jr. is actually, you know, all the hype we've gotten around him is he could possibly be better than his father. So I think, again, give him time. Uh, he's going to only get better, you know, the thing with his um, going one for four, you know, he's adjusting. That's major league pitching for you, right? Uh, it's a lot different than the minor leagues, a lot different than what people think. So I think he's going to be just fine. And I think, you know, just seeing Vlad around the city on the weekend was a pretty big step for Blue Jays fans and the excitement around the team. Obviously, it's eventually going to go down as we're all going to go back to reality. But there's always that one person that, you know, fans want to see. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought up the luck factor of it, because if you look at it, in his debut on Friday, he easily could have gone 4 for 4 as you were just mentioning. You know, obviously he had that double in his last at-bat to get that rally started for the Blue Jays, but then he also had, uh, in his first at-bat, it was a fast shot to first base that was fielded well by Kentrice Morales there um, of the athletics. So, you, you know, if Morales is shifted a tiny bit differently, if he if the ball takes a weird bounce, um, it, it goes a different place. He gets a single, his first major league hit, maybe even a double, depending how the outfielders are positioned. So that hit is certainly luck. And he, as you mentioned, the, he hit the ball hard. I think that ball to first base was one of, if not the hardest hit ball of that game. I, I think it was 160 miles per hour, 107 miles per hour, and then in his next at-bat, he almost had a home run down the left field line, and it was only, um, you know, it would have gone out by, if, if he hit it three feet farther, and even if it didn't go out, normally an outfielder doesn't catch that, it was just that amazing play by the uh, the Athletics outfielder that 
kept him from getting his first major league hit. So that's two hits in his third at bat. Um, he hit it deep. I, I think it was just before the warning track in, in center field. And again, um, you know, if that's slightly different conditions, if the outfielders are position differently you know maybe he gets a hit maybe he hits it out in certain cases so I certainly think there's so much luck that goes into it like overall we shouldn't be reading anything into this I was disappointed this weekend because he didn't do anything spectacular but I mean it's not like it's the end of the world I don't think anyone reasonably thinks that this actually means anything. This is actually of importance to anything. I, I think people are just disappointed that he didn't, you know, hit three home runs in his first game or uh, or hit a walk-off home run in the two chances he had. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think people are really uptight about this. Yeah, you can understand the, um, the aspect of, you know, being disappointed and, you know, everyone, especially at the game during the weekend, everyone's got their cameras out, everyone's um, giving him a standing ovation. They want to see the breakout, ga- you know, the breakout debut where he goes, you know, three for five or three for four with, again, like you said, multiple home runs and multiple RBIs. And, um, you know, I, again, you said it, you bet bang on, you know, um, this obviously doesn't mean anything. Um, he's going to be just fine, and he is going to eventually have that breakout game or that breakout stretch that we're all waiting for. And I just think, you know, it, again, it's, it, depending on how good you are in the minor leagues, it takes some people you know, a different timeline to eventually adjust. And again, uh, just, it was definitely a remarkable weekend though in Blue Jays history. You know, one of the most, uh, one of the best, you know, one of the most famous call-ups in history of what we finally saw and something that we've been building towards for the past four seasons. So I think you can understand from that aspect and, you know, again, nobody should be worried. And, um, you know, again, he's going to eventually break out and we just, he just has to continue to learn, um, and the, the love he's getting around the Toronto fans is also, you know, it definitely makes him feel good. Um, on the Friday, I, you probably heard about this. Um, There's a little weak foul ball that was hit to him. And, you know, fans were fans started going nuts when he threw it in the, uh, the stand. <laughs> yeah. So I think he'll be just fine. And I think he's got a long way to go before fans, you know, start getting really upset with him. But, you know, it's definitely a process for him. And sooner rather than later, he's going to be just fine and break out. Yeah, it's uh, the fans are loving him no matter what. You know, we saw him at the Raptors game, and um, you know Drake hugging him, and he was in the crowd, and um, they showed him on the the jumbotron, and everyone cheered for him. So yeah, everyone loves him. And uh, I I just saw Avengers Endgame <laughs> yesterday, I guess it was. And Oof. if anyone doesn't want a spoiler, then I, I guess Bryson, if you haven't seen it, you can mute your mic. I've uh, seen it. Okay, good. I can't spoil it to you, but <laughs> for everyone listening, if you could skip head like five seconds if you don't want a spoiler anyways um in it Thanos says I'm inevitable and (laughs) I feel like in this case it's inevitable that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to break out and be amazing at some point this season um and it's just a matter of time before he gets to that point and he breaks out and I think you know with so much pressure in this opening series, yeah, it's it's okay if he doesn't break out. You know, it's a hundred and sixty-two game season, and he's just missed twenty of the games or, or thirty of the games, I guess. So he still has so much time to break out and do what he has done in the minors. Like no one should be concerned. If you are, relax. You know, just get over yourself. He has so much time to do what he is paid to do. So. With that out of the way, uh, I'd like to talk about the media attention around Guerrero, too, because um, 
this was not normal. You know, we, we normally don't see this kind of attention around any team at any time, unless it's in the postseason of the World Series, let alone just one player on a team that is, or when he debuted, uh, 11 and 14, a few games under 500. So um, I thought it was remarkable how much attention he got, both from obviously Blue Jays and the fans in Toronto and the Toronto media, but also just all around the North America and the world. You know, the MLB on their Instagram account, they posted a bunch of times about Guerrero. They posted on their Twitter a bunch of times. Um, we saw players all through the Blue Jays minors um, talking about Guerrero and sending him messages of support on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and there, it, it was just so out of the ordinary to see this kind of attention dedicated to one person in a game that really didn't matter. It was just him that mattered, and and Guerrero that has captured, you know, the, the the image of Major League Baseball, the the eyes of every fan around the world. So I thought that was in, really interesting. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. I just wanted to get that in because it was really remarkable to see that kind of attention dedicated to him. Yeah, it's it was very uh, surreal to see um, mm-hmm. the attention, you know, go towards even a baseball player in the city of Toronto. It's just one player, and you know, we haven't really seen. I don't think we've ever really seen that ever around one baseball player. And the fact that again, he took over the city uh, through the whole weekend, and like you said, it was a it was just a regular weekend series in April, and um, he had the attention of everybody. Like you said, the Raptors game he was at. Um, the kind of meeting Drake and so on and so on, even the support from his team, everyone, you know, saying how, you know, legit this guy is. And I guess even the media from, you know, the MLB, we're so used to them posting about the Yankees every single day. So um, seeing them actually post about somebody on the Jays, you know, on on a consecutive day basis was, uh, it was just really different. And uh, I think the media attention, like you said, it, it, maybe it is a little bit over the top, but you know, the way we've been building this up for the past four years, you know, a lot of people are saying that he could possibly go down, you know, or has the potential to be one of the best players of all time. And sure, it's a little bit over the top saying that now as he's only played three career uh, major league games. But again, it's the way we've been building this up. And, you know, finally, people around, um, you know, people around the league and other teams and other cities across North America, are fi- you know, finally... Uh, recognizing, you know, somebody on the Toronto Blue Jays who has the potential to do this. And I just thought it was really cool putting, you know, Toronto on like a huge a spotlight throughout the week. And I, I just thought that was really cool, even throughout, you know, other things going on, like the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs. I just thought that was really cool. Uh, the Friday night, he definitely took over the city. And um, again, I just, I'm very excited. We've, we've all kind of been expecting this. Maybe we thought this wouldn't be as crazy as, as originally thought, but you know, this kid is the real deal, and uh, he is the future of the Jays, and, you know, so on and so on. We all know what he's going to do, what he will be, what he has the potential to be, and I just think the media attention he's gotten maybe, again, over the top a little bit, but it was just a really cool experience to go through throughout the weekend. Yeah, to just put it into into actual numbers, um, over the past three days on MLB's Instagram account, so from Friday, Saturday, and then today, um, MLB has posted 10 times about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., including four consecutive posts on the day that he was called up. And uh, I I think there's, let's see, um, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, uh, 24, 20. Okay, so 28 posts by MLB over that time period, and 10 of them 
were Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Just Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's insane to see this kind of attention dedicated to one player. So obviously um, he has the potential to be something great. And uh, I, I think uh, one thing that I did notice from this opening weekend uh, – uh, opening weekend for his career, I guess. Um, his defense surprised me, and it was a pleasant surprise because, you know, um, he didn't have that kind of breakout offensive moment as we talked about, but he did have a play in that first game where um, he he charged the ball. It was a dribbler out to third base. He uh, charged it. He scooped it up. It was an awkward way to scoop it up, but he did it, and it was amazing. And then he threw it over to first. Now, obviously, he has a, a good arm. He's been rated well in the, in the minors for his arm and um, not so much for his defense in general, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, obviously, they talked about that as a reason for keeping Guerrero down, but it, it was certainly a pleasant surprise for me to see him make those plays yeah um the one thing that actually like blew me right out of the water and it was one of the plays on the friday too it was another play where he was kind of uh just standing there on the line and the ball it was a pretty quick bounce that came to him and he kind of he had he kind of had a he kind of uh scooped the ball up awkwardly yeah and he yeah. kind of when he twisted he just the arm strength and how fast he threw at the first base like in the main point is how strong his arm is for a third baseman. I thought that was insane. And yeah, um, a I lot of, just, yeah, go ahead. I just think, yeah, exactly. Uh, his arm strength was definitely something that, you know, we, no one's really even talked about it. And if he can be an average uh, defender, you know, picking up uh, ground balls, so on and so on. But the arm he has, like it's, it's pretty incredible. I never even really noticed it. And it's never really been spoken about before. It's obviously all the attention has been on his, uh, offensive side but his arm was really impressive to, in my opinion yeah and it's like I, I don't know it did look kind of awkward like he didn't look like he was totally comfortable there and that he's not going to be a gold glover obviously but it, it still was a pleasant surprise for all we've heard um again as you said the attention on his offense we haven't heard anything about his defense um but I think everyone's pretty well covered <laughs> there's tons of media attention on Guerrero so we're certainly not missing anything but as part of Guerrero coming up, the Blue Jays have kind of had a resurgence in the past 15 games or 12 games, as I mentioned at the top. They've won nine of their last 12 games, and now, today, after today's win, they're back at 500, which I, I think is remarkable. You know, we started out this season, we were incredibly, or at least I was incredibly pessimistic about what the Blue Jays were going to do this season, and then look, they're at 500, you know, 30 games in, 28 games in, which I think... I did not expect that. I thought they would be, you know, five games under by now, and they kind of continued that pace up until the end of the season. And I forget what exactly I projected for the the record at the end of the season, but I think obviously it it'll be hard for them. Uh, personally, I think it'll be hard for them to continue at this pace throughout the year. But I'm present pleasantly surprised that they've made it this far. And you know, I. I think I may have been wrong in, in being pessimistic at the at the top of the season um, because, you know, there were people who were talking to me. They said, no, the Blue Jays are going to be great this season. They're going to surprise everyone. And I think it was uh, Fangraphs or, or Baseball America or someone had projected the Blue Jays to actually be in the winning column this season. I was like, no way. That is not happening. Uh, what is wrong with these systems? Because that's not happening. But I think I may be pleasantly surprised this season, which I'm certainly – I, I'm very happy in being wrong in this sense. Yeah, I bel- I think at the beginning of the year, I think my prediction, I think it was around 75 or 76 wins. And I thought I was being extremely optimistic. And I know you thought you were being extremely optimistic with your prediction, which mm-hmm. was under my number, but I can't remember 
exactly what it was, but you know, they're just I just there's more enjoyment watching this team uh, compared to last year. Even before Vladdy came up, I just thought last year was um, really really sluggish. And even though they got off to a good start last year, they when they fell off, they fell off really hard. And compared to this year, you know, I just maybe it's the change in. Uh, you know, the manager, the different voices, you know, different players. We obviously they're a lot younger. Um, just they, they, they seem to have a different attitude towards the game, no matter who the heck's on the roster. And I just, I find it a lot more enjoyable to watch. And now that again, grows up, it's even more enjoyable. But even before, I just, I was very, you know, I just love watching, I just still love watching their games. And no matter how good or bad they're going to be, I just, I love the, the grit they have on the roster. I love, how, you know, even we saw today, the, the comeback in the 11th inning, I just thought that it was really cool to see. And I know they've done that before, obviously, throughout the past few years. But it just, there's just a different vibe now, even with Guerrero. There's just a different vibe with this team. And again, I'm sure they can fall off. I'm sure they can be below 500. But, um, you know, they have a lot more ex- youth on the way that we, you know, that we're all excited about as well, like in Bichette and Biggio. And I just think with those guys coming up and the Jays hovering around 500, you know, obviously they got a long way to go. We're not even out of April yet, but um, I just find it a lot more enjoyable to watch this year. And I just think the team has a different attitude and um, it's very enjoyable. And um, we, you know, we said at the beginning of the year how uh, it was the offense that got off to a terrible start. And now the offense, you know, suddenly waking up, uh, we all, obviously we knew they weren't going to be like that bad for, throughout the year, but they're playing really well. Um, the pitching's been decent, I guess, you know, there's some, Pitches are struggling right now, you know, like Trent Thornton, but Stroman and Sanchez, we got to scare about Sanchez last week. And we didn't really get to talk about it, about the broken fingernail, but he seems to be okay. Um, just got to, he's got to figure out, you know, finding the zone a lot more, but he's had that problem throughout, you know, majority of his career. And it's not, sometimes it's not a big problem. And again, Stroman's uh, pretty much been li- living up to his uh, hype. You know, he was saying at the beginning of the year how this was going to be a big year for him and he's been lights out. So um, I'm just happy with, again, what we're seeing through, you know, throughout everybody. And again, there's more youth on the way and there's more excitement. And I, you know, the future is definitely looking really bright no matter how long it takes, you know, maybe they fall off soon, but I've, I've really been liking what I've been seeing through the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Just to get on the record, I don't think this will continue. As I said before, I think they'll kind of drop off even with the infusion of youth, like Kevin Biggio, as you mentioned, and obviously Guerrero coming up. Um, I, I think they won't be able to continue this. I think it's a hot streak that'll fizzle out. They'll fall off. Eventually they'll end up maybe a, a few wins above what we projected. Um, but again, it, it, it's a tough game for them to play. It's tough for them to continue this while they're not looking to actually win. They're looking to improve themselves for the next few seasons. But I think that being said, I uh, these few games that we've seen, the last 12 games, again, those nine wins in those past 12 games, it's a picture of what this team can be in the future and what this team will be in a handful of years. Exactly. And, um, you know, there's we, we know about uh, the the plan to rebuild. We know about the window. We know about how long until they think they're going to be a contention, so on and so on. So again, like you said, they're not trying to win games. Um, you know, the attendance has obviously been uh, a disappointment, but we all kind of expected this except for the Friday night, even throughout the weekend, it was relatively better than what we've seen. But uh, the main point about all this, like you said, they're not trying to win. And the fact that, you know, they're hovering around 500 now, uh, it's definitely really cool to see. And I just, um, you know, today, you know, one of the, the comeback they had today was, you know, one, probably one of their best wins of the year so far. And, you know, who knows, 
they have another one, you know, these moments like that throughout the rest of the year. But it's obviously going to fall off. Um, we know this team's not supposed to be very good, but it's definitely a lot more enjoyable than last year. That's all I can say. Yeah, and I, I was thinking over the past few days, you know, if they get to 500, which of course they did today, you know, you look back at the, the, the 2015 Blue Jays, they were what, 50 and 51 at the trade deadline before they acquired Price? And I'm thinking like, like it's not far, like once you get 500, it's not totally impossible to get into the postseason. And now of course that team made it to the ALCS and I'm off topic here, but Ben Revere was just signed and we saw him, you know, if those strike calls had gone differently in game six of the 2015 ALCS, you know, they were really close to the World Series. So, you know, I know I'm being really optimistic here, but this is not a team that is that far away from getting there. And as this talent develops in the next few years, maybe even next year, we can see this team competing. And I think, you know, if the Blue Jays are at 500 this season at the trade deadline, of course, we're not going to see the same kind of deals that Alex Anthopoulos made because Alex Anthopoulos was not preparing for the future. In that case, he was preparing for now and getting the Blue Jays to the postseason then, which of course we've talked on the podcast about this and um, neither of us are blaming him for that thing. Um, but it's the Blue Jays are not going to make that kind of trade um, bonds. Uh, I don't know. Uh, go crazy at the trade deadline the way they did in 2015, but they are close is what I'm getting at. They're not totally far-fetched. It's it's possible. Mm-hmm. And um, like you said, we don't know how long it's going to last. And even throughout the rest of the division, it's just it's really cool to see how um, a 100-plus a, a winning Red Sox team last year is just a complete mess this year. There are multiple games below 500. And, you know, the Jays are pretty much... I guess on their with you know the roster they have, they're playing pretty decent baseball, and they're already at five hundred. And the Red Sox are just a complete mess with pretty much the same roster as last season. So that's always cool to say. See the Yankees again, another slow start, but they're around five hundred as well. And the Rays have been pretty cool, which is a little bit of a shift from what we saw last year. Uh, just a, a difference what we're seeing, and even for the Jays getting to five hundred, you know, we know how um, in twenty, I think it was twenty seventeen, how. Uh, they never got to 500 ever since opening day, and they had so many chances. And even today, they had the chance to do it. They were down 4-1, and you know, you just it it, it was it's just really cool to see them to get to 500. It just kind of makes me feel good after you know we've known their past woes of trying to get to 500, and it just seems like a curse whenever they're up to get or they have the chance to do it. So again, really cool to see. And like you said, they're not far off, but um, who knows how much longer it's going to take? And with the future they have now, it's you definitely have the you definitely have the power to be optimistic and extremely excited for the future. It's just so refreshing to be covering a winning team. or I, I, They're not even winning yet, but it's just so nice to be able to watch baseball games and actually expect them to do something, do something positive. And, um, you know, even if they continue at this pace, uh, not totally, you know, nine out of 12 games, but at, a, at least a winning pace, I don't think they really have a shot of making the postseason this year because you look at the AL East, it's pretty competitive. Uh, obviously, the teams that were expected to be competitive are not totally competitive, but you got the Rays, they're 18-9. and nine. You know, they're running away with the division now, and of course, they can falter. They may just be hitting their own hot streak of sorts, but they've been looking pretty solid, and uh, they're always an underdog, but they seem to be finally hitting their stride. And the Yankees, you know, they're a powerhouse. Everyone expects them to continue, and they're 
17 and 11, even with all the injuries they have. So if they have people healthy, watch out. And then the Blue Jays are third in the AL East behind them. Um, but, you know, there's two wildcard spots. The Rays would take the AL East division, I guess. And then the Yankees would take one of the wild card spots if the Blue Jays are still below them, which they almost certainly would be. And that leaves only one wild card spot between teams in the AL Central and the AL West and the Blue Jays. So it's pretty impossible, I think, for them to make the postseason this year. Um, but, I mean, the mere fact that we're even mentioning postseason in this in this podcast on April 28th, talking about the Blue Jays, I, I think that's pretty remarkable. And I just... I hate the Red Sox, so I'm really glad that they're 11 and 17 and seven and a half games back, three games behind the Blue Jays in the standings. Well, yeah, even for you, right? You live near the Red Sox market, so yeah. it must be it, yeah. it must you know make you feel even better than all of us here. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. just happy to have the team at 500. So <laughs> it's great to be able to rub it in people's face, people's faces that the Blue Jays are doing better than the Red Sox, but also I can't be too rough or else. People are going to remind me that the the Maple Leafs lost lost to the Bruins, so it's a, a give and take. But um, besides that, besides all that optimism, uh, Matt Shoemaker, we should touch on him. He, uh, I guess, two weeks ago now or one week, sorry, um, he was uh, he injured himself. He it was a rundown between first and second base. Um, he tagged the runner, and I guess he kind of stepped awkwardly on his. Uh, left leg I think it was um and anyways uh basically bottom line is um he looked really distraught leaving the field he was really rough he couldn't leave totally under his own power and then uh the next day or a few days later um they announced that he's out he suffered a torn ACL he's out for the entire season which is really a killing blow to him it sucks so much because he was finally hitting his stride as a pitcher, you know, he faced injuries last season, um, and he struggled. I think he was with the Angels last season. But this season, he was doing so well. He, you know, we saw in this press conference, he was crying. He was struggling to keep it back. One of the reporters was like, do you need to take a moment? Do you really want to be talking to us now? And, um, you know, he just seemed no, so nice about it. Uh, I, I can probably, I'll put a clip in right here on that. You can't put words to it. Um, it's extremely frustrated. But at the same time, it's a disgust. Stay positive. I know I'm really upset right now. I just got the news, but uh, stay positive. Keep fighting. No, no, no we're good. Like I said this is it's all part of it. Um, keep fighting. Stay positive. Get this thing right and be back um, when it's ready to go. I'd say the biggest thing I just said is frustrating. Like I can deal with this stuff. <clears throat> I know I'm, I seem pretty upset right now, which I am, but. I've had bumps in the road before, and I'm just going to fight through it. Uh, but it was amazing to see him have that kind of run, and then it, it just really stinks that he's out now for the season. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big blow for the uh, Blue Jays rotation, and even for Shoemaker himself. Uh, we know about we know about his injury pass, but man, on a rundown, um, it wasn't. You know, he was. It just. One of the weirdest plays or one of the most unpredictable ways you think um, somebody can go down with a torn ACL. And it, it didn't look good from um, when he went down. I thought it was originally like his ankle or lower leg. But when he when he, when he he started holding the knee, um, it did not look good. And, you know, that brings up question marks now on the Jays rotation with, you know, Richards on the IL. He's been we – don't, we don't really know how – what's going on over there. And even people like Trent Thornton, he's been – he's been struggling his past few starts. He had a decent start today, a, a, you know – 
control issues at times. So, so um, you know, there's some uncertainty of who's going to kind of fill in for that rotation spot. Even Baraki on the 60-day IL now, so he's not eligible to come back until, what, end of May, early June. And uh, they, don't, they the Jays haven't even really named the replacement yet for him because uh, they've had a multiple off days. So they've been they've been uh, it's been easy to go for four. They've been going with four people, and you you know you imagine some candidates would be you know pe- some people from the bullpen maybe Gavilio, uh, Pannone, or even you know people from the minors such as you know Reed Foley, or some maybe somebody else. So but going back to Shoemaker, you know it's 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 really tough to see him go down like that and. Um, getting to know him, you know, through the past few months since he signed, um, he seems like a really good person, really good guy. And, you know, that, that emotional interview he had, um, we know, and I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, what moment where he began to crack up and, um, you know, he was offered to stop talking about it and he said, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to keep talking about it. So, and, uh, the fact too, that he's been, he's still around the team, which is, uh, really cool. Um, you know, the, the Jays have their new, they had that new r- ritual they're doing now where all the whole rotation goes with this, the starting pitcher in the bullpen, watches them warm out and walks out with them. Uh, Shoemaker continued to do that even w- with the torn ACL. So it's just really cool to see him still some way, you know, contributing towards uh, the Jays, you know, how they how the Jays do things in the clubhouse. And I think he tweeted today or yesterday that surgery is going to be um, uh, this coming week. So likely going to be gone for quite a bit and he's probably going to rehab in Florida. But... Uh, as much as the shoemaker injuries, it's really unfortunate. It it does provide some question marks in the rotation with health wise and even who's going to replace them right now. But they've luckily had to um, had the opportunity to go with four starters because of the all of the off days, like I said. But um, with shoemaker, you know he he was up, he was off to a terrific start as well to the season. Um, you figured that somebody like him, if they continue to pitch well, that he'd be a candidate to you know possibly be traded to a um, contending team by the deadline. And go with a postseason push. Maybe that was the idea, or even ideas with other pitchers like Buckles on the rosters, like veterans there on the one-year deals. So it's really unfortunate to him. It's another setback in his career. He's been plagued with injuries, and the fact that he's going to keep going, which is really, really respectable. And I guess he wished nothing but the best for him. But it's just unfortunate to see that it was a torn ACL, and uh, the original diagnosis before the MRI was a knee sprain. So that was actually that was actually optimistic. Um, you know, that was, it showed signs of optimism towards his recovery. And then, uh, to get the result of an MRI of a torn ACL, it just, it really, it really, it's really a sucker punch towards the end. Uh, you have to feel for him, but, um, you know, he's saying he's going to come back stronger from this and, you know, he has the potential to do that. You know, we saw it, he's had flashes of good seasons since in his career, th- you know, throughout his career with the angels. And even this year, again, he had a great start to the season and you wish nothing but the best towards yeah. him. Just from a personal aspect, it's so heartbreaking to see this guy go down because he, you know, I, he just seems like such a good guy. And you want, like, as much as we talk about, you know, I just said I hate the Red Sox. But, like, I don't hate the players on the Red Sox. I hate the team as a whole. But, like, to see players go down like that, it's just really, like, they only have a set amount of years that they can compete, that they can be on a team, that they can, you know, yes, earn money and really fulfill their dreams and do what they've been dreaming about for their entire lives. And to see one of those years for Shoemaker just go totally down the drain, totally out the window, it's 
it's so hard to see him and to see him breaking up on camera like that. It, it really stinks. But on a broader scale for the Blue Jays, it's tough too because now, you know, as you mentioned, with all those off days, they've kind of been saved. But now they have nine straight games coming up against the uh, Los Angeles Angels starting on Tuesday night. And then they got the uh, Texas Rangers and then a home series against the Minnesota Twins before their next off day. So nine straight games. It's good. It, it, they have to get another starter up because they don't they can't really just go with the same starters because they don't have the luxury of an off day now so it'll be uh it'll be tough for them to get through this period um with with their uh the depth that they're getting from the miners but again just totally heartbreaking to see a guy like that go down in that way and I was talking off topic again but I was talking with uh, one of my friends about this and you know, I was watching the hockey game because it was a big hockey game against Boston-Toronto rivalry. But um, I know nothing about hockey. I never watch hockey. I think it's fun to watch. I never got into it like I got into baseball. But I was watching it and, like, <laughs> I'm going to sound really stupid here, but, like, they're just running into each other. Like, they're literally beating each other up. And I know there's lots of fights in hockey, but they're literally beating each other up. And I'm like... How are they not in? How are baseball players injured doing easy things compared to hockey players? But like the amount of versatility in different actions that baseball players have to do, like you can't train for all the things a baseball player has to do. You know, in that rundown, you know, Shoemaker got pretty close to the guy and he had to uh, kind of dance around his legs. And I guess he stepped on his own leg a bit awkward because of that. And, you know, the ground and the ground screw and whether it rained or not that morning and, you know, all these different factors go into it and make it so hard to practice for everything. But I guess in a hockey rink, everything is kind of controlled and you know you can train for things like that and you're used to almost every circumstance but in baseball it's just there are so many weird things that you have to do that you can never train for all of them and um, I think that's kind of what we saw here with Shoemaker and it, it really is heartbreaking. Yeah on more of a comedy um, thing for what you just said about you know uh, how you were wondering how <laughs> hockey players did it uh, a member of the Leafs actually uh, Zach Hyman uh, he was actually, it was revealed that he played th- the last three games of the series with a torn ACL. So you can, ima- you can imagine, uh, you know, how that went for him. And, you know, with you thinking, you know, how, how do they do it, right? Like what you are just saying, you know, imagine doing all that yeah. with the torn ACL for three games, which is That's insane. Now I'm wondering why Shoemaker can't pitch through it. But, like, I don't, I, I guess it's just different sports, you know, like they're both in the, the best players in the world at what they do. It's just... It's so weird. Anyways, I'm going to stop sounding stupid. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. Thank you for Bryson for joining us. As always, you can find his stuff at Everything Blue Jays on Instagram. You can find my stuff on BluebirdBanter.com at 360BlueJayNews on Instagram. Again, thank you for everyone who listened. Um, as always, please rate this podcast or let a friend know about us if you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.